0: The left has us all wrong. We don't want to simply turn the clock back to a time when the status quo of elitist deep state bureaucrats dominated us. We want to restore the republic our founders intended, an America that is of, by, and for the people, an America that abides by its constitution without fail. Coming to you from the land of common sense. An American pride. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to another episode of Patriot, the Patriot Review. I have a great interview with MK Sweeney, an author of a wonderful book that, um, well, it's hard to find books for kids, I guess, these days. And she is uh, she's got a great book out that uh, is very Christian centered and really good for both um, adults and kids. I hate to just limit it to kids, but um, it is called The Magi of Miriam: The Boy Who Saved the Kingdom. And I will have that interview for you. I'm going to pull up some headlines though first and talk to you about a couple things that are happening in the news. Number one would be this guy, Anthony Fauci. I believe firmly that there's a room in the basement of hell that is reserved for this guy. Just my humble opinion. But he has been saying a lot lately and making admissions lately, which um, you know is surprising to me. But he uh, made another one here in his testimony. Uh, He revealed that the whole six feet apart thing, you know, that uh, they had no science to back that, that he basically pulled that out of, you know, where. He also admitted that uh, the lab leak hypothesis was not a conspiracy theory. Repeat, N-O-T, capital N-O-T, underline, underscore, exclamation point. Remember, those people who accused Well, if they accuse me, and they accuse you, and they accuse other patriots of being conspiracy theorists, well, usually the difference between conspiracy and truth is two months, three months, six months at the outside. We're finding that uh, we've been right about practically everything, and those things that remain to be proven yet will be. Uh, January 6th is a great example of that. I called it the American Reichstag fire the day after it happened. Because I recognized that this was a false flag event that those people that I saw actually causing problems those are, those were not Trump supporters. We knew that um, we knew that uh, several of the uh, buses that were escorted in there were bringing in the agitators. We saw that. I showed you a video about that, and a lot more. so but back to fauci. Um, honestly, I believe this guy should be charged with crimes against humanity. I believe that he's got millions of of people um, that passed away because of him. Uh, Remdesivir and the whole drug cocktail that uh, I really go into depth about in the documentary Breaking the Oath. Uh, You know, the protocols were used to thin the population. I believe in that 100%. Um, After all, it is in black and white. As a matter of fact, it was in stone. In the Georgia guidestones to limit the population to five hundred million people, that means they'd have to kill over seven billion, these globalists. Also, one of the ambitions of the World Economic Forum in their own in their own writing, right? It's like having Mein Kampf on your desk in nineteen thirty eight and you know, pretending that Hitler wasn't really gonna do what he said, but then he did. And it's the same thing here. It's the same thing with Fauci. I believe strongly, and it's just my belief, you can call me crazy if you want to, but I believe that he definitely knew what was going on and he definitely is to blame for a lot of this and, um, you know, the millions of deaths that did not have to happen. uh, The, you know, just the common sense test alone, you know, I use that a lot. I say that a lot. Does it really make sense that you can't use a 65-year safe, Nobel Award-winning uh, medication called ivermectin? Does it make sense that they were firing pharmacists who who uh, sent that stuff out, who gave that stuff out? Does it make sense that they just said no in a in a country where you're supposed to have right to try? And many other countries, sure, uh, I'm sure as well. Uh, does it make sense? Is that common sense? No, it's not common sense. Does it make sense that, uh, you know, you're supposed to have informed consent in the vaccine that you're shoving in your kid's arms and the paper is completely blank, right? The informational paper that's in, in with the box of the death jab serum, right? So common sense, you know, just flies out the window. You know, we could talk about that in a lot of things. We could talk about that also in the election, right? Is it common sense that, you know, people in Detroit block the window with pizza boxes after having kicked out the GOP observers is that common sense does that say that there just might be cheating going on is it common sense that they you know knowingly violate the constitution by changing the election laws in it both the state constitutions and the federal constitution in states like Pennsylvania does it make sense that you know we shouldn't question that how dare the GOP senators and house members and Donald Trump how dare they question the election that we know that we've printed in newsprint that these constitutional violations took place? Is it Does it make sense to prosecute Donald Trump for him questioning the election and saying, well, now you're going to peacefully and patriotically march down to the Capitol and make your voices heard? As compared to Kamala Hyena Harris, who says, Well, of BLM and Antifa, well, they're not going to stop, nor should they, after watching them murder a retired black cop. Black Lives Matter. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. Common sense, common sense, folks, is something that we seem to have lost. And this guy here, um, you know, when the the left likes to say, oh, Trump's going to get his retribution. And I say good, but I also say it's not retribution, it's justice. And that's what we need is justice. And instead of all the J6 prisoners being in prison, they should have room for this guy right here. Uh, Speaking of a guy who also needs to be in the same place, Obama produced Netflix cartoon shows children planning on attending a gay wedding, planning and attending a gay wedding. All right. So this is what we need to make cartoons about? Really? I mean, who cares, right, as far as... uh, as far as people's sexual preference, but really this is where we need to, you know, this is obvious indoctrination. This is obvious grooming. And after the uh, revelations of Barack Obama's um, sex life, uh, it's not so, it's not so surprising um, to see this, but uh, just something we don't need. And that's why today's guest is so awesome because she is providing some really high quality literature that's, that has a Christian basis. It doesn't shove anything down your throat, but um, it is it's it's based on those values that founded this country, and we're going to talk with her about that in just a little bit. Here's another guy that, in my opinion, should be at the opposite side, not on the bench, but he should be actually behind bars. This uh, this guy is a real ass clown, and this is the judge, of course, in the in the Trump hearing, and he loses cool at Trump's trial. God forbid that Trump actually have a defense. This this guy is an absolute ass clown. So he um, he you know he's he's talking about this the fraud case, right? That's what he's presiding over. Um again, common sense. Can you can you actually claim the the um can you make the claim that you were defrauded as a bank if you were paid back in full to include interest? No, you can't. That's not fraud. That's not fraud. And it's the bank's obligation to make sure I don't know about I don't know about uh, you, but this judge should understand that it's the bank's obligation to make sure that the claims that you make on the value of your collateral are actually up to par, right? I mean, when you go to the bank and you think, "Hey, I've got this old classic car that I can uh, I can use as collateral to get this house, this home improvement loan." and they say well you know that that may be true that someone may be willing to pay that and you may think it's worth that much but i just can't give you that loan because it may not be worth that much um okay end of story done done this is just another bullshit charge and these then idiots like this guy who sit on the bench and legislate from the bench are disgusting and they are detriment to America, and they are a joke when it comes to the Constitution. This guy is the guy who should be railroaded and should be out of town. This guy should be... He's the one who should be kicked off the bench. He's the one that, that really is a disgrace in the United States of America. And I'd be happy to say that to his face if he wants to come on. I'd love it. I mean, I'm sure he won't, because he's a coward, just like all the leftist fascists. So... All right, next story. This is not normal. Tens of thousands of Chinese nationals cross the border illegally in a matter of months. Now, yeah, <clears throat> common sense application. Do you think that China, of all the countries, that China is going to allow people to just leave their country because they're oppressed? Hell no. This is a country that is putting together police agencies in our country, are being allowed to do this so that they can uh, destroy the lives of Chinese uh, immigrants, right? They can that they can um, railroad them and get them back to China, uh, or suffer the, or they suffer the penalty. So, you really believe that these people are not here on some some mission? Do you do you really think that that's too far? Do you really think that's a conspiracy theory that these people are are going to end up attacking our country? I mean, look at them all. Do you see Do you see all of the, uh, the, the women and children in this picture? The families coming here to seek a better life? So these guys who say they're oppressed in China just happen to come here to seek a better life without their families? No. No. These people are here just like all the Middle Eastern men we see coming across the border. They're here because they want to do us harm people. And Joe Biden has committed treason in allowing this border to be wide open and he should be charged with treason. The DOJ, of course, is, is uh, doesn't have the, the gonads to do anything about it because they're in the tank. They're globalists as well. And uh, the rest of our three-letter alphabet soup agencies, while they may have good people on board, those good people are getting fewer and fewer and far farther between because they can't tolerate the kind of crap that's going on. And I don't blame them. Many of them are leaving. Um, unfortunately that puts us in a situation where we're going to really have to make some radical changes when, when Trump wins the election. Um, the changes need to be radical. They need to be, uh, done within the first two years. He has to do all these things before the midterm and, um, he needs to really, he really needs to have people that are going to help him do that. And, um, I certainly look at our Congress, I look at the House and I, I look at the fact that yeah, you know, there's still well over 50% of them that that really shouldn't be shouldn't be there on in our in the Republican party, right? Because they're rhinos. And um so Trump's got in a, just an incredible challenge ahead of him and um we're if if this doesn't happen and today he said there's going to be a mass deportation and I believe that, but you will see some things happening, I think, before the election, uh, because they fear Trump's return. So if he if he keeps if he keeps uh, doing as well as he's doing, I think we're gonna we're gonna see some things happen that uh, are gonna be extreme and they're gonna be very unfortunate. I also think that the globalists and the fascist left are not going away quietly. That you know we'll we'll have more. B.S. False flag events, or maybe one big one that uh, they'll continue to attack people like you and me. Who, who? I mean, face it. All we want is to be left the hell alone to live our lives and to have our freedoms and to pursue our happiness, and that's it. We're not the ones that are burning down the federal buildings. We're not the ones that are that are violent on the streets. We're not the ones that are looting. Uh, you know I mean that's all on the left, and it always has been just like the great majority of shooters on the left they destroy the family, they destroy the nuclear family, they destroy fatherhood, they destroy standards in our society, and then they scratch their heads when shit like people shooting up the school happens. they're the ones that brought this in they're the ones that caused the problem in our in our culture that led to. This all of this happening. It didn't happen before, did it? When we emphasized the family and we had a nuclear family and before fathers were destroyed, we didn't have that kind of crap in schools. As a matter of fact, when I went to school, people used to bring their rifles, put them in their lockers to go hunting after school and nothing ever happened. The worst fight that we saw ever was a fist fight. There was no knives. There was nothing else. I mean, it was it was completely because of the nuclear family. Absolutely 1,000% because of the nuclear family. And these guys here that are coming across our border, whether they're Somali or they're Chinese, they're not here in great numbers of of military-aged men just to uh, try to pursue something that we would pursue, the American dream. They're here for for other reasons, and that's without a doubt. Alright, so I I use the term ass-clown, uh, before, well, this of course, this guy is the the chief ass clown. He's he's uh, pathetic. Uh, worst president in history has committed treason multiple times. So is Hillary Clinton, by the way. Treason. Uh, people think I'm crazy for using that word, maybe, but let's let's put it to the test. Uh, for this is the first time of, for you watching me. You know, one of the examples I like to cite frequently is 85 billion dollars. billion of of, uh, military equipment going to our enemy as well as a multi-million dollar um, air base going to our enemy, well, that is giving aid and comfort to our enemy. That is the chief definition of treason. That's the worst of the four categories of treason, right? And so you can't tell me that he's not giving aid and comfort to our enemy, as a matter of fact, the people coming across the border are also receiving receiving aid and comfort. They're in the form of three to five star hotels, in the form of healthcare, in the form of you know, money as they come in, in the form of cell phones so they can communicate and coordinate whatever the hell they're going to do to us, right? I mean, this guy should be in the pen and he should be being tried for treason right now, right? And uh, that's the truth of it. So here he says. You know, this guy, this is, this guy's such a bastard. I mean, you talk about wanting he, he said about Trump that, oh, if I take him behind the woodshed and beat the hell out of him. Right, right. Well, Joe, uh, you are a, a disgrace to this nation. And when you say stuff like this, they were, they were there to destroy the Constitution. When you say crap like that about people who were rightfully using the First Amendment to, to let you know that they knew you cheated. You couldn't fill 24 circles in your so-called campaign um, campaign stops uh, during the time of the uh, the 2020 election. You couldn't fill those 24 circles. Yet you got 12 million more votes than Barack Obama with Barack Obama's cult of personality. You you really think that we believe that you got 12 million more votes? Pathetic. We're not crazy. We're not conspiracy theorists. We just we don't believe the shit that the mainstream media is shoveling. And that's the truth of it. And here's some more. They were there to destroy the Constitution. No. They were the only ones concerned about upholding and defending the Constitution. You people have shredded the Constitution forever. You You people, the far left, you have you have shredded the constitution forever the far right the extreme right the anarchists yes they also shred the constitution but where do you see them where are all these so called where are these so called white supremacists where are they if they exist it's in tiny tiny numbers and they're not doing a damn thing i don't know about you but i certainly am tired of of all the crap going on in the big cities that are run by liberals and then them coming back and saying that we're the problem. Well, we're not the problem. It's jokers like this that are the problem. It's the the military industrial complex. It's this guy and his money laundering operations with the rest of his family. This guy is guilty of treason. Hillary Clinton's guilty of treason. I mentioned that before for selling uranium to our enemies, 20% of our uranium going to Russia she's guilty of treason for the 33,000 emails that, and then she goes ahead and she destroys evidence you know and what does she get nothing not a damn thing right and she's also guilty of treason for hanging, hanging out uh, our ambassador and others, other Americans to dry out in Benghazi and allowing them to be murdered what does Barack Obama do that day the next morning he heads off to Vegas for a campaign stop that's, the, that's how much they care about our country. That's how much they care about you. That's how much they care about our rights. And don't ever forget that because um, they show that every day. Right. So we're well aware of the the truth and we don't need to be lied to anymore because (laughs) because we have this thing called common sense. I'll be right back. sight to come upon. Her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, The emotions that came over the top of our our minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone and as soon as we did that Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. All right, we are back now. I want to go to this interview with M. K. Sweeney. Uh, I mentioned that um, this is a uh, a great book for for kids. This is fantasy fiction, uh, kind of along the lines of an Aragon and and and. Um, The C.S. Lewis books is, is, uh, she talks about the C.S. Lewis books in the interview, but um, reading is a great thing. Reading is obviously a great departure. And if you can get your kids to read, more power to you, because um, I think it'd be a good break, you know, it'd be a good break for them and uh, help them kind of relax and de-stress as well, because there's a lot of stress on our kids these days and uh, they need an outlet for it that's healthy. And this is one for sure. So here is M.K. Sweeney. I'll be back after the interview. For the first time, M.K. Sweeney, author of The Magi of Miriam, The Boy Who Saved the Kingdom. Um, I read the description of the book, first off, I have to say, and you were born in Belgium, and you were at NATO headquarters, correct? And then you moved to Montgomery, Alabama, and the story that you wrote takes place in Alabama as well. Which I found interesting. But I have to thank you right out of the gate for not making this thing woke because um, it seems like every time you turn around you have um, all the kind of like it's it's attacks on even pre existing stuff like, you know, Superman is gay and da 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 and you know, all it seems like a um, a never relenting assault, and i've you know i've I've always been a person where uh, I'm not gonna tell people what they have to do. I'm not necessarily concerned what your preferences are that's your business, but when you start shoving things down my eight year old's throat right um, then I have something to say about it and and I think you know just talking with you a little bit before the show starts, uh we're kind of on the same page there and I just want to say, again, welcome to the show. I look forward to the conversation with you.
1: Yeah, same, Jeff. Thank you so much for the nice introduction. And, um, yes, this is a traditionally themed glorification of God book, and it is written against the woke agenda um, in that it's a traditional book. It's not an anti-woke book itself, but it's not focusing on a lot of the contemporary themes that are being pushed towards seemingly at our children. Um, and to me, too, like you, you mentioned, why is so much um, focus being put on sexual orientation for seven, 10-year-olds? It just seems very out of place. I mean, those kids haven't even really gone through puberty yet. So to try to push that agenda for them, I think it's just confusing at a time when kids are already kind of going through a confusing kind of hormonal ramp up in life. And so this book, it really gets back to uh you know what had been pretty commonplace in children's literature which is overcoming insecurities because kids have insecurities and drugs just like adults do honestly but it speaks to that and um it is this is a christian middle grade series fantasy series and so it does have the glorification of of god aspect and that is the underlying crux but it's told in a very fast-paced action and adventure uh, series with a lot of humor. So um that's that's what this series. Humor's is. good. What's that? Humor stick? Yeah. <laughs> Humor's good. <laughs> we all yeah, appreciate and, some laughs. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Uh, wh- where would we be without that?
0: <laughs> well, you were so brazen in your in your writing that you actually have a, a a princess involved. That right? I mean, it's more traditional in the sense of you have this this hero and you have the princess involved, like you would you would see. Um, back when Disney was good, right? Yeah. Well, Disney Disney today sucks, yeah. and it's actually it, pretty well, harmful.
1: It is. Well, I might try to sell this to Disney to make a movie. But let me tell you about the princess. <laughs> she um she's a super strong character, and she's not maybe your stereotypical princess. She's not petite and blonde or whatever. She's sturdy and she's athletic, and she um she's extremely strong in character. And, you know, a lot of what I kind of rebuff against and, and take, take umbrage at with respect to um, some of the, the woke stuff is, what's wrong with being a girl? <laughs> you know, right. what's wrong with being feminine? Is there something wrong with being feminine? And there is. there's something wrong with being female. I mean, I kind of, I'm like, the, why can't we just be the sex that we are and respect each other? Well, and frankly, I respect homosexuals if that's their choice. Right. I don't have.
0: Well, a there's child. something wrong with, you know, it's it's just the fact that there's something wrong with any Judeo-Christian value set whatsoever. So. There's an attack on women right now. There's, you know, as you were alluding to, and th- there's an attack on men, and there has been for a long time on fatherhood, and, you know, every dad's an idiot on every Disney show you see and all this stuff, right? But there's definitely an attack on women. You look at women's sports, you look at just the the, the whole, um, well, you, you, you mentioned the fact that you even have to say, well, this is a girl who's, you know, strong well-built um you know a, a heroin type right and uh the fact that you have to justify that says a lot about where our culture is at right now
1: yeah it's because interesting. and i want because nobody said up. yeah but
0: nobody no, nope, but nobody said that the princesses in the past were weak right there's a there's a there's a strength to femininity just like there's a strength to masculinity and they're complementary and it's it seems like you know, it's a big, it's a big nodo. It's taboo to to point that out to people these days. So yeah, um,
1: it is interesting, and I love the fact that you picked up and pointed out that you know the, the dads in um, shows and and movies are portrayed as buffoons because that yeah. is almost um, ubiquitous right now in in this in culture, pop culture. And it really—you um, mentioned you have a 15-year-old, and then you have like a spread of kids. And I, my husband yeah. and I, have an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 7-year-old. And I have had this conversation with with various of my friends who have have younger kids too. It's kind of it's corroding the respect of of kids to to adults. And you see these kids acting out, and you'll have the grandparents in the corner of being like, well, you guys didn't do that. That's what's wrong with your children. And I really think it is a bigger societal shift. There's a lack of respect and it's coming through a lot of this, this pop culture, the, the, these shows, it's always the kid who's the smart one in these shows. It's always, he's the problem finder, mm-hmm. she's the problem finder. They're the sleuth. And that the adults are just, especially the dad is in the back rubbing his head. Like he can't find his way out of a paper bag. And it right. hurts the family, and it hurts the kids, ultimately, because I think kids, just like we do, you know, if you're a Christian and you're biblical, you know, we, we crave structure. Kids really need structure, and yes, they want is. to respect the adults. They want to know that you have things in control. They don't want to feel like they're the ones you have to problem-solve everything and come up with the solution. So this perspective, I think, is really detrimental to the families and society in general. Um, and I'm glad you picked up on that because I have as well. And I, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. Uh,
0: you know, I've been saying that for years to the point where it, it, it uh, drove some people around me crazy, but it was there and it's been there. I mean, I, I can't remember, you know, I can't remember a show going all the way back until I'd have to say the seventies was the last time that dads were portrayed as, you know, as, as strong. you go forward, even like the Cosby show, I mean, he was, you know, his wife wore the pants in the family. And so, you know, I think they, I think the the woke, the woke uh, left has a problem with, uh, anything that puts anybody in any roles because, um, I did a documentary and it's, it was about COVID and it's not related to this topic, but there was a a person who appeared in there named Vera Sharov, who, um, was a Holocaust survivor, and she she made a comment that um, the only standard these people have is no standard at all. So you can't you you know you can't put the you can't put the um, any kind of expectation as to you know what's right versus what's wrong. It's like everything is upside down these days. So your book is is awesome because it it brings back some sanity to the argument of. Yes, you know, there is a way you're supposed to there is a way you're supposed to live and you're supposed to you're supposed to do good and you sp- live by the golden rule and it puts some puts some um, it puts some parameters back into it and kids need kind of a safe space to go. They need a safe place to go these days and you know, reading is uh, is an awesome way to give them that safe space and a safe way to to uh, get them away from the television where they're seeing all kinds of stuff they shouldn't see. That's the other thing, you know? Yeah. So,
1: so everything you said resonates, I would say too, and this might be encouraging to you and to your listeners. um, But Democrats like this book too. I mean, this, this, I think we all inherently, and not even Christians, just Christians, but we all inherently are imprinted and want to do good. We want to help people we want to you know we acknowledge or unacknowledge kind of feel the imprint of a spiritual power on us and um this literature speaks to pretty much everyone and it's unifying um and i think that you know in today's society when it really everything does seem so divisive and we have um, you know, social media, the algorithms and everything working against us. Maybe we have like election interference that targets us and brings us down so that we're split even more than we already are. Um, it's nice to know that I think that the core of our energy and at least the longer term visions we're far closer than what we might suspect um and this book speaks to people on both sides of the aisle. Um so I don't know what you think of that but that has
0: I think you're I think you're right on. I think I think uh technology it's almost like the perfect storm. So I tell this story when when I was a kid we actually took a field trip right to a McDonald's because it was so cool. It's brand new. It's you know this uh, And now we're living in this society. You know, that's a joke. It's Everything's instant, right? Instant gratification. And everything's all about me. And all the social media stuff is about me. And I share every picture and every aspect of my life. And I have to take a picture of what I ate for dinner. And, I mean, it's so crazy these days that people have completely disconnected. The, the way that I grew up was you go outside all day in the summer and you go outside after you come home from school and you play and then your neighbors are walking around the block and your parents talk to your neighbors and there's not there's not that um direct contact between people anymore like there was
1: that's right and we don't have conversations (laughs) we're not having conversations about politics so i mean when i grew up jeff i my family had friends that would talk on and like Dems and Republicans. And we were we were neighbors and we were friends and we would talk about issues. And we would know on election day, they would go and we, we knew they were probably voting for this person and we were gonna vote for that person. And we were still friends and we still had conversations right. and we still talked. And it has gotten to the point where we don't have conversations anymore. I mean, we don't That's talk right. to people. And it, it also, I do wonder, and I do think a lot of it is coming from agendas um from you know, not not us people but from various areas um but I, I i i just i wonder how much of it is perceived versus real because um mm-hmm. you know i live in DeKalb county which is a very very blue county and people in the runoffs the senate runoffs which have been awful here they've been awful to live through they've been awful to for the you know all of the propaganda leading up to it in the past number of years And I was I put a a Republican sign, Kelly Loeffler ran and Kelly Loeffler was Mm -hmm. locked down. She was in step with Trump. I put a sign for Kelly Loeffler in my front yard. (laughs) And, (laughs) do you know, my Democrat neighbors came up and thanked me for standing up for what I believed in. They said, you know, we don't agree with you, but we respect you for doing it. And people on the right were—they were like, "Oh, I—I I, I would, you know, I completely—I thank you for doing that, but I'm scared somebody's going to burn my house down if I do that." And they're, you know, so it's on the right too. Like we are allowing—oh, sure it is—diverse this this to happen. Um, and if you don't start talking about, you know, where you are on things then it is going to fall and you don't have conversations like in a friendly way and you know if you right. explain where you're coming from it will get that much further disparate and that's where socialism can really come in when when all oh. you have left is the government and you have people completely at odds that's when it really gets scary um if you're thinking that might be in the cards
0: so i think it's a little i think it's gonna get a little <laughs> Patriots, it's me, Wayne Allyn Root, otherwise known as war. I have a very special announcement for the The globalists or the socialists and the communists, uh, their objective is to pit us against each other and to keep us separated. And Everybody says, oh, we can't talk about religion and we can't talk about abortion and we can't talk about politics. Well, you know, you should be. You should be talking about these things because they're the most important things. Politics affects every area of your life. Right, and I always say, you know, I hit my midlife crisis, and I was thinking, what's my legacy going to be, right? Because three generations down the road, nobody's going to know me, right? So, well, the the legacy, the best legacy I can leave is freedom for the next generation, you know. So I fight for freedom, and that's that's my mission, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And let me. So what was it? Oh, well, let me
1: let me just comment on this one too because you did bring, and I actually brought up Trump with the Kelly Loeffler stuff. Um, Trump is such a, an interesting study, because his policies, um, a lot of people agree with, I would think. And But he himself, he, you know, as much as people on the right dislike Biden, people on the left dislike Trump about ten times more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, it is yeah. a fascinating thing in that he's been twisted into this kind of really um, easy-to-dislike person in media, um, which I met Trump when I was in New York because I was doing commercial real estate. I think, you know, the idea that he is sexist is just not legitimate. I mean, the, the, the idea that he is racist, I, I find really not realistic. Um, the guy it does make himself quite a target for divisiveness, though. I mean, he does fall into that yeah. a little bit.
0: I think, that's, and, I think that, that that appeals as many people as it as it. As it uh, makes turn away from him, though, too, you know, and
1: I guess because yeah. they perceive it as like a certain like being um, up front and, and more, I, I guess, open or something like that. If that is why they're 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 drawing themselves towards them. But um, mm-hmm. it, he there could be somebody with his exact like lockstep platform that's not Trump that would win. And I don't think that the same, you know, riots and things would happen. Um, so it, Trump is an interesting one. He really is. And it, this election, it would, it, it's a fascinating election because you have obviously Joe Biden that's being investigated for a lot mm-hmm. of his son's, uh, illicit activity. And, you know, the whole thing, I mean, it's almost laughable. You read some of the news and the whole thing about the blow in the, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's
1: like crazy. It's like, oh my goodness, this is just crazy. And then there's Trump, who, um, I mean, I don't know what's happening right now, but I saw in a couple states he's not allowed to be on the ballot, although that's being contested. And you
0: yeah, like, that, that, won't, that won't, live. Yeah. But you know, you know, he's, he's, um, the thing about him is that the he used to be a darling of the Democrats on Oprah all the time and everything else, and, and, um. You know, what he did is he challenged the deep state. He challenged the rhinos and the, uh, the end of them, the socialists, those those people that are concerned about wealth and power. You know, he really did bring back more of a government that the people had a voice in because he did what he said he was going to do. He did what he got elected to do, which was a refreshing change for me. But. But I want to get to this before, you know, we talk about all this stuff is, is to what was the catalyst for you to actually write the book? What, what, what was the, the aha moment when you said, hey, I need to write a book? I yeah. A book.
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking. Well, the backdrop is obviously against all this woke stuff that we're talking about and the political stuff and everything like that. That actually was not the catalyst for this book. This book really, I felt tapped spiritually to write this book. to to glorify God, to bring people, children, because I was not seeing that in contemporary literature. Um, And it has felt a bit in recent times that faith and family have been under attack. And so I wanted to present a book with good writing that had a fast-paced action-adventure that would appeal and speak to kids. And, um, and had humor, but also had the Christian undertones and it's the theology. So there's actually theological layers built into the story. So a lot of adults actually really like this book too. Um, but it's not heavy hitting. It's kind of like, of C.S. Lewis meets Hunger Games, which is how I pitched it to the publisher. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah that's awesome.
1: Um, but it's it's a, a fun book that people, you know, would want to engage with because it's entertaining and it, it has that kind of uplifting moral grounding. So that was what I tried to do with it. And it really doesn't have anything to do with the woke agenda or the anti-woke agenda. It doesn't have anything to do with politics. I wrote it as let's focus on the, you know, the longer term things. Let's live for the next life, not for this one. And let's all kind of like unify around, um, around that. And it's not even so hard hitting that I wanted it to be accessible to even people who are atheists. You know, maybe this mm-hmm. would just give them an alternative thing to think about. Like, you know, I don't believe in God, but what would a relationship with God look like if, if um I did, or something like that. So that's really what this was written to. Um and it just so happens that because it is Christian military fantasy, it it, it speaks more towards conservatives because conservatives tend to be more Christian. <laughs> <laughs> i'm right. gonna yeah. are too but but republicans are a little bit i don't know what the percentages mm-hmm. are you might you might know the split
0: but. i don't know the split but but uh i would say that they're more they're they're uh, maybe have a deeper faith and a more active faith yeah i really... guess
1: um what it is it seems that the people who mock faith tend to be from more from the left um i don't right. know a lot of people who trend conservative that make fun of people for believing in god
0: <laughs> right, um and
1: yeah where there's plenty of democrats who are very faith you know spiritual and practicing okay. it's just that that contingent that does mock and lambeth tends to be from that area
0: as opposed to well what i li- what i like about your approach is that you are you're reaffirming the things that are good about really about america i mean because you're you're we're talking about all these things you know that are under attack right and and it it's it's not that you're if i'm reading you right if i'm understanding you right it's not that you're you're not attacking them attacking us you're just saying hey this is this is what's good about it right this is what is positive about it and this is what you can get out of it but you're not even coming out and saying that you're doing it in a form of a story, which is awesome. And it puts that back in kids' minds. I think that, you know, it used to be for me and, and you know, I'm probably a lot older than you are, but it, it used to be that, you know, you sit around the table and you ate dinner and, you know, everything was an instant. You know, when I grew up, there were no microwaves and, you know, dinner was cooked. And so, you know, and it was much healthier. I look back at old TV shows and I, and I brought this up to my youngest daughter. I said, you know, tell me what you see with every one of these characters in these old shows. And she says, nobody's fat, <laughs> nobody's nobody's fat, right? So yeah, you're right, because we were eating much, much healthier. And so, I mean, everything has changed and we as as people have changed so much. That your book sounds like a refreshing grounding of the things that were that should be valued, which you know I think speaks pretty highly of your effort, and I think it's very positive. And um, maybe there's too much bitching in the world, and this is a good way to to to, to get away from that. And so. You know, I I have a question for you, and I don't know how to answer. I don't know how to ask it, so I'll just put it out there. And that is that you've got an impressive background. I didn't didn't read it all, but you've certainly been successful, um, educationally and career-wise. And tell me about the balance that you have between the mom, the mom at home, and the mom at work, and how all that works out, and what your Christian view of that is. And you made a comment earlier about, you know, um, uh, it's, it's it's basically we're saying it's okay to be strong and feminine at the same time, right? And uh, so how do you feel about all that? And, and have you ever had challenges where you've had to weigh those two things uh, in your life to make yeah. decisions based on?
1: Yeah, 100% I have. And, um, you know, there's always been, there's the mom wars. <laughs> There's the mom wars where people who are working judge stay-at-home moms and stay-at-home moms judge people who work and they say they put their careers first instead of their kids. And frankly, I try not to judge anybody. I mean, I was blessed that I have these parents that just, we weren't, we, we just weren't, I wasn't around judgy, judgy people growing up. And so I kind of feel like it really depends upon the family what works best for the dynamic of of the mom and the kids and the husband and financial needs. Um, you know, a lot of women need to work. That the way that mm-hmm. um, the structure is and how it, how expensive the cost of living is anymore. Uh, a lot of parents both have to work to if you, yep. you if you're lucky enough to have two parents. I mean, frankly, I, I think that's the that's
0: yeah, the, that's the other thing. <laughs>
1: That's where the anomaly anymore than commonplace. Um, but so I have a huge amount of respect for working moms. I also have a huge amount of respect for stay at home moms. I, staying home with your children. And I think all mothers would agree their number one priority is their kids. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who would, who's a mother who would get on and be like, you know what? I really value this more. Um, I think working moms, stay at home moms, we all agree that our kids are the number one priority, but it, it, it differs from family to family what serves them best. And frankly, what the mother as the individual needs. A lot of women are super career driven and, um, they find that to be very rewarding and that makes them a better mom. I mean, some moms don't need that career to, to motivate and, and be in the game. And, um, frankly, Jeff, I, I'm not that career driven. I I have an impressive background and I serve as senior counsel for a global company and um, I I, I think many people have many talents and you choose where to use them. Um, Mm -hmm. I have stepped in and out of practice a a number of times in large part because my my family needed me and I, I served them better somewhere else and for me personally I I don't need to be top of my career to feel validated. Um, now this writing is different. This writing is a huge passion of mine. And, um, and let me say too, there are aspects to practicing law, especially in house that I love. And I have, the company that I work with is a phenomenal company. The group that I, the team I am with, I'm so fortunate to work, have the opportunity to work with them. Um, but the writing is a very different animal for me. And I, I would say it's because I feel tapped. I feel like I was asked to write this series. And um, and I'm just trying to do the best I can with it. And it was a very long journey. I mean, I started writing this book six years ago. So this is the first in the series. I started the second. But I started writing this book six years ago. And I'm analytical, right? I'm an attorney. I know how to, I know how to connect things. I didn't kill people off in the wrong places in this book. It linked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, good. But yeah, it's good. <laughs> but what I really suffer. Anybody who tries to write long-form fiction and is sincere, it is hard to write fiction that somebody else wants to read for fun. It it just it's a long process. You have to try to write to the senses. You find what writers call their voice. And um and you 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 need to engage the reader emotionally to want to keep turning the page. And it mm-hmm. took me a, it was a long painful process for me to go through that. And I say this because I think it's true. I made just about every mistake that a writer can make writing this book. Um, and that I think is one of the reasons I wrote iteration after iteration after iteration. And I was just really blessed that, like, you know, people would come in, and I had so many individuals that are really talented in their career path. I mean, Charles Scribner came in at a certain point, and Dick Anberg, who is the managing editor for the Washington Times, and then I have a brother-in-law who's a creative writing professor at Amherst, and all of these people took time wow. out of their lives to help at different stages of this book and kind of get it to the next level and the next stage and i also think that any writer um kind of goes through when they're first writing this kind of um painful process to figure out what their voice is and what works with them and and things like that Mm -hmm. and i did it and i just happened to be very slow at it i guess and it took me ages to write this book (laughs) and then i was really lucky to find a publisher that would work with me and publish it Um, and that alone like i signed with the publisher Three plus years ago, uh, writing in the publishing industry mu- moves at a glacial building pace, which means like really, really, really stinking slow. And, um, and I had a great publisher and their editors were fantastic and they hired a great designer and the, 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 um, illustrations are good. But, um, yeah, it was, it, that's, that was kind of my process and that's sort of, that's sort of where I landed. And as far as the mom comments, I, I think that it depends on the family dynamic, and I just support women in both roles. I do think that um, family is, is still a really important thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, um, just briefly tell you this story. I worked in corporate America for 30 years, and then I got diagnosed with a disability, which, which led me to this. This is my calling. This is what I'm passionate about. And I went down to Missouri three years ago for um, a summit that uh, Mike Lindell had. And I met 1,200 other uh, content creators and this the, sat around the, the table at lunch, during lunches, and it didn't matter, you know, how many tables I sat at or who I talked to. Every one of the people that I talked to, mostly, I would say, well, 90% of the people said, you know i didn't I never expected I'd be doing this. I, yeah. I was doing something completely different, yeah, and it sounds like you had a similar experience where this is this is kind of a uh how did I get here and i I'm kind of surprised that I'm even doing this, but I know I'm passionate about it, and I have to follow through with it that's right and is that that's kind of how you felt
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, hundred percent, and I yeah. find it so interesting, Jeff, that you mentioned you had this kind of turning point after you were diagnosed with a disability. A lot of people, I think, kind of, it, it, is a, it is a gift to have a switch like that. And I, I had an autoimmune disease, and I was um, diagnosed with something that would have been terminal and, um, and would have been a pretty painful downward spiral at one point before I wrote this book. And it, it does, those, those things are a blessing. That's a gift. You know, the near, that's, that's it, it. you reevaluate everything. You reprioritize and you're just so grateful for, for life. And then you think about well, what what should I do? What What is meaningful? And so I think that a lot of people who have those experiences, um, they come out on the, the better end. I mean, I think that that is a real blessing. And people, you know, cancer survivors and any number of different instances for individuals, they will have conversations like you and I are having and they have kind of shared that experience. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm on the same page. So I, I had had that and I had these young kids and thought, well, you know, what would life, and you haven't read the book. Um, there's a loss of parent theme in this book and it's because I thought I was leaving this book for my kids to read and I wanted that to give them a, a, a something to, to
0: wow. moral yeah. grounding.
1: Now, by the time I wrote the book, I knew I wasn't dying. Um, and I was, I was fine, but, um there is a, a, a loss of parent theme that speaks a lot to adults in this story, and the main protagonist, Jesse, who you mentioned, has insecurities because his mom passed and she had this other life in this alternate world that he's thrown into in this, like, cataclysmic, like, good and evil battle. But he feels insecure that his mom didn't share that more with him. And, you know, meanwhile, it's kind of his journey and his reconciling and, and understanding of what was going on with that, too. Um, so it's not a hard-hitting thing, but that's where that came from. That's where the loss of parent came from. And I think that adults specifically love that aspect to this book um, because a lot of us have experienced a loss of parent or a lot of us have, have thought about what's the worst thing in my life if I were to die it would be leaving my kids
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah yeah absolutely um and it tells you you know you go through those experiences and it really is a wake-up call to what really is important and and uh, so I think we share that but um we are already out of time believe it or not we've gone over the time we said we were going to go and I think it's awesome that's a sign that's a good interview and I hope that people We'll go to uh, magi of Miriamcom that's the website right and you also have a it's on amazon um what else would you like to share just uh, about what, what people need to know about the book yeah, and sure. where they can go and everything yeah. else
1: thank you so yes it's on amazon prime it's at barnes and noble it's at pretty much any book retailer can buy the book i do want to plug the audible because the audible is amazing and it is accessible to any age range um and it is Read by a guy who has a much better voice than I am. He sounds like Johnny Depp. He can throw his voice and the audible is incredibly engaging. It's entertaining. It makes long road trips with kids a lot of fun. Um, and working around the house with kids or whatnot a blast. Um, it's just a fun way to enjoy the, enjoy the book. And that's on audible, of course. So Jeff, thank you. This has been such a pleasure being with you. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Well, it's been my honor. And anytime you want to come back, I always tell people, you know, that um, once you're on my show, you're my friend. You don't have a choice. It's just something that happens. So, um, anytime you want to come back, you got something to say. You want to talk about the book again. You want to talk about the next book. Um, all you got to do is let me know, and I'd be happy to have you back on. You've been a great guest, and I love I love having uh, people like yourself that have the message that I think a lot of this country needs. And the unifying message is a big plus I think people get people get tired you know there's there's so much going on and there's so much to worry about and it's always good to have have the positive and have you on on the show and I really appreciate you and I appreciate that so thank you so much
1: thank you it's been a pleasure
0: Betcha. all right awesome interview I hope you like that and I do have interviews with several authors uh, a lot of a lot of authors that uh, really have some great books out there, and in all different kind of aspects and different uh, some true stories, some fiction. But uh, you can look back at my episodes and check out the other offers, or the other authors I have interviewed as well. One last thing about uh, this book is that if you go to Amazon, The Magi of uh, Miriam, and you find the book, you can get a a free audio sample from Audible and um, you'll you'll get to see what she was talking about there uh and you can pick up the book so that is it for me today thank you so much for joining me i will be back uh tomorrow and i'll see you then hey patriots it's jeff wagner let's face it it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet it's only going to get worse this inflation is going to continue As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to KirkElliottPhD.com slash ThePatriotReview, get all kinds of free, great information, and invest in gold and silver for your future. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields. That even though we can't see them are affecting our bodies our sleep and even our ability to think clearly the advent of 5g is only making this worse there is an answer visit fix the world by clicking the link in the Patriot review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5g and even improve your sleep skeptical get the free dangers of EMF radiation ebook Free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description
1: here's a nutritional hack anyone can master replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel
0: or if you're a monster in the gym add a shake to your daily meal plan
1: our unique meal shakes are balanced low glycemic rich in fiber 20 grams of clean protein essential vitamins and minerals healthy fat and organic fruits and
0: vegetables kingdom Fuel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile
1: Bottom line, it's a simple start to a transformed life.
0: No gimmicks, just results. Start today. Hey Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for the Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar. None. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66%.